What's going on, everybody? You're back with the Real Bodybuilding Podcast, episode number 38, and I am with my friend, coach, and mentor, Mr. John Meadows. How are you, sir? I'm good. What's happening? Not much. Uh, it's crazy times right now, and I've been getting loads of questions, and I thought, who better to ask than the coach himself about some of these, <laughs> about some of these questions? So, um, I wanted to touch on some of the stuff people can do during Corona and I wanted to touch on the current diet that you gave me. Um, and we can kind of explain things to people and what to do moving forward. How's that sound? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. All right. All right. What so, kind of good questions you have for me then? Well, the number one, the number one pressing question I keep getting, uh, over and over again, uh, is what do I do if I'm running a cycle? It depends. Uh, if you're not able to train in a gym or train hard, then pull back on a cycle. Um, I see no reason to do a full-blown cycle if you can't even train. And it's like, I feel like if you're going to do it, you should take advantage of it, right? So I would say pull back. Go back to HRT or PCT is what I would say. Um, I'm assuming if they're asking that question, they probably don't have access to a good training facility. So that's what yeah. makes me answer it that way. So if you're using bands at home or you just have a set of dumbbells or some like mediocre stuff, it's not really worth being on a full cycle, right? I don't think so. I think bands can be effective, but I wouldn't say they're going to be just as good as an entire routine that we would do in a gym. Yeah. And when you say uh, HRT or PCT, you mean they, they go off all the way or they go down to like what dose would you say is reasonable to be at? Yeah, you know, like a 200 milligram a week dose of test or like PCT where they try to restart their own system again. You know, I always tell yeah. people, you know, I don't even know that people do PCT anymore. Um, <laughs> I know. It's just like blast and cruise, blast and cruise. You know, what we used to do was try to at least establish your own system or at least try to turn it back on. And that's kind of went by the wayside. I don't know that people even do that anymore. But I always tell people, if you can get your own system to restart, then go for it. Now there will come a time when it won't restart, yeah. but until then I would at least try. I was just going to say for the longest time, like I started, I think I started my first cycle when I was 20 and I think I remember all the way up until I was about 35 years old, there was always an off period of at mm -hmm. least, at least six weeks. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. I, would, I would reestablish my blood work, get everything back to normal and then I would get back on. So yeah. I didn't, it wasn't until I was older that I realized I'm just crashing. Like my, I'm not, nothing's restarting. Yeah. yeah. So that's yeah. when I started the, the TRT kind of in between. Yeah. I mean, my history was I had this, um, so I, I was like the first eight years that I trained, I was very anti-chemical, like, yeah. you know, all that stuff will kill you, blah, blah, blah. Mm -hmm. And, you know, you do some research and you, you realize, okay, maybe it's not as bad as people are making it out to be. But anyways, I um, always had this thing in my head. I'm going to stay clean in the off season so that I can maintain everything that I've built. Yeah. So what I did the first several years I competed was I only used something pre-contest. So, and I only competed. So here's kind of like how I had this all in my mind. I had a plan. So yeah. it was, it was, I'm going to need six months to grow mm. and I'm going to need three months to die. So I had this thing like in nine month periods. Yeah. I would do a show and then when I was done, I would go, I would look, cause there used to be tons of shows in Ohio. So I would go ahead to the next year. Okay. What's about nine months away. Yeah. 
then the next year it was like, okay, what's about nine months away? So the first years, you know, in my 19 and 20 years old, hold on, they just turned on a sweeper. <laughs> so the first um, several shows I did uh, when I was at that age, uh, like in my early 20s, it was completely clean in the off season. Yeah. And, um, you know, well, the only thing I took the first couple of years I competed was Winstraw. Uh, that, that was my entire cycle. And I didn't lose a show the first couple of years. That's all I took. Now, can you imagine telling somebody that, Dale? <laughs> well, I don't, I'm your friend and I don't believe you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it was, it was great. I've, I've, it was great. I've told this story a bunch of times, but my, yeah. my uh, workout partner, his dad was a veterinarian. Yeah. And uh, so one day he comes into the gym. He's like, John, I, and I, I was already reading on this stuff. Like, you know me, man, I was studying everything. Yeah. And he's like, my dad has this stuff called Winstraw in his vet truck. <laughs> Should I grab some of it for you? And I was like, let's do it, man. Grab it. <laughs> <laughs> and that was the so, first time you did anything? Yeah. So these were the 30 C, this was the 30 CC up John bottles of Winstraw. Mm-hmm you know, 50 milligrams. So what I did was I did one every other day. Um, so it lasted me 60 days. So my first cycle was actually 60 days before the show. Yeah. And I got super shredded and that was the only thing I took. There was no clean, there was nothing, none, nothing, no test. And I just remember it was amazing. Mm. Um, it was incredible how well it worked. And then the next time, um, I did the same thing. I was like, I just need one bottle of Winstraw. And he's like, cool, man, just give me 50 bucks. And I was like, and now I look back and I was like, that's a good deal, man. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> do you think, um, do you think it's because obviously you're genetically gifted for putting on muscle? I mean, you, you told me you were squatting like 500 pounds at 16 years old, naturally. 18. Eight, nine, okay. 18 okay. Nine, 18 okay. I exaggerated a couple of years, but it's still yeah. crazy. But um, is it, is that something that people can do now? Like, do you think guys can still do that? Because the landscape has changed a bit, right? Like it's it has changed. That's a great question. I'm fifty fifty on that. Um, here's what I would say. I would say it's kind of sad when you see someone that's just trying to win their state title and they're taking ten units of growth and eight hundred megs of trend and a thousand grams of tests and six hundred grams of megs of masterone. Yeah. Just to win a state title, like if that is your end goal. I just want to win the state title. And there was a lot of us that that's what the end goal was back then because the state titles were, were a very big deal. I mean, you're probably not going to have much of a career in bodybuilding if it takes that much just to win a state title. Yeah. But I will say this. Um, through the years, one of the, one of the ways that I got my doses down, it was almost accidental. And here, here's what I mean by that. So I remember one year when I couldn't get any Halo. Yeah. I always liked Halo the last three weeks for contest. And one year I couldn't get any Halo. Mm. So, okay, well, I'm not going to cancel the show because I can't get Halo. Yeah. So I did the show and I looked great. I was like, wow, I didn't actually need that. And then there was another year where um, I took a little trend and I felt weird. Like I didn't feel right mentally. And I was like, man, I'm not going to take this stuff anymore. I did the show. Lo and behold, wow, I still look good. I didn't need the trend. Yeah. So I got to a point where it was just like just some tests and masks and throw in some morals at the end. And that's literally all I did the last five, six years of competing. Um, 
So I, I think that, I mean, to expect somebody to compete nationally on a bottle of wind straws, I, I'm not going to sit here and tell you that's possible. But what I will say is people could go a lot further with a lot lower doses. They have been bamboozled by these coaches out there that tell you you need a gram of trend, a gram of this. I mean, I could sit here and tell you conversations I've had with the, some of the top guys from the old days, and the most of the, their, their trend dose was three ampules was the from from you know the 1.5 yeah. mil ampules from negma that was the that was the max dose can i can i interrupt you for one second though because yeah, i hear yeah, that yeah. i hear this i hear this all the time and i have a theory about it that some people agree with and some people don't i feel like the gear back in the day was a lot better like i feel like what 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 you could produce with 376 uh, milligram parabolin ampules is not equal to three uh, 100 milligram shots of trenase nowadays. Yeah. It's just not the same. I just don't feel like it's giving you the same look. Just the same way as like uh, back in the day, what Androdrol used to do versus now what Androdrol does. It's just I don't feel like the gear is as pure or as powerful, for lack of a better word. Do yeah. You? Well, so first of all, I would 100% agree with you, and I've had a lot of discussions with people about this, and they're like, "No, John, 100 milligrams of Androdrol is 100 milligrams of Androdrol. It can't be any different." Mm. I'll say, well, how do you know you're getting 100 milligrams of Androl? Well, here's this lab test I got. Mm. Okay, let me explain to you how this works. So these guys will make a batch, and they'll make it perfect, and yeah. everybody will love it. And then guess what happens after that? They get their tests, they show their body, and then the second batch, the third batch, the fourth batch. And even Mexico did that. There, there was this test called Bravel, or yeah. Bravel, we used to call it, just for, just for laughs. Yeah. The Bravo test was supposed to be 200 milligrams. It was fantastic. And then they started testing it. Mm -hmm. One next, you know, then we, then there was a year where the batches were 170 milligrams, then 140 milligrams, then it was 90 milligrams. Mm. And all of the, if you, do you remember all the Mexican, like the, the Den cows, the, yep, that's when the, I started, that's the, when the I started groups, like all that stuff started out immaculate like that. They had Stanozolic, right? Yep. It was the Winstrel. Yep. It was phenomenal. Yep. And then all of a sudden it started clogging up and it wouldn't go through, you know, then all of a sudden, the, so the quality went. So this is what I try to tell people. It's the same thing you do in a supplement industry. There's a yep. supplement company right now that tests their health supplements and they have a good test. And then who knows what they're doing after that because of their track record. Mm -hmm. So it's very easy to, to do a good batch and then test it and assure by your test results. But unless you're doing that every single batch, you don't really know. So, a couple of things to your point, the anadrols. Um, John, John, before you go on, do you have a set of headphones or no? I, I do not. Because I can hear myself, like I can hear the reverb on your laptop, and it's okay. I just hope that when we're done recording, it's still okay. Oh, see, you sound perfect to me. Um, no, 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 I know, but like when I'm talking, I can hear myself in your room. Let me do this. Talk now. Okay, I'm talking now. You still hear it? Nope, clear. Okay, I had my volume up too loud. Can you hear me though? Oh, you're perfect. Okay, good. Okay, let's continue. Sorry. Okay. So you're talking about Anadrol. Yeah, I, I, there was, um, we called them, we didn't even call them Anadrol. We called them 2902s. Okay. They had these old pills with a 2902 number on them stand. Yeah. And these things were amazing. They were amazing. Like you could take, like the second day you took it, you knew mm -hmm. something was going on. Mm -hmm. And I hear people now go, oh, yeah, now how long does it take for Androdrol to work? I've been taking it for two weeks and I don't really feel anything. I'm like, 
that's not it's not no <laughs> <laughs> no i remember when even when i started i mean when i i think i started on the cusp where there was still some pharmacy stuff but they were starting to get rid of it and i think the first two or three years i was bodybuilding they had pharmacy stuff and then after that's when i got into the dencals and all the i think it was qt or ql something like that um, yeah qv qv that's it yeah uh, they were all good it was like i think it was a lab called spectra or something like that but Spe- then oh, yeah that's the australian stuff spectrial and- yeah, yeah yeah so then but it's I, anyway my point of all of it is i feel like a lot of the old school guys are like well guys are taking 2000 milligrams of tests we only took a thousand or we only took whatever and i'm like yeah but it's not really 2000 it might be 2000 measured in a syringe but it's not they're not getting 2000 you know what i mean it's a good so point. it's a good point man it's that's a great point it's a great discussion and and we don't really know i also wonder sometimes if that has and i've brought this up before and people just kind of brush it off but i've also wondered before if that has anything to do with the, the hardness of the physiques that's a great question too because um you know, you had things like the master on it came in these little ampules. Actually, they were from Belgium and they had a skull and crossbones on them. They're really cool. <laughs> that means they're good. <laughs> um, yeah. Um, and then the Primo, like if you get Primo now, I tell people 99% of Primo is it's not Primo. It's, yeah. it's Nandrolone, phenylpropionate or it's test propionate. You know, I have these people going, Hey John, I got gyno from Primo. I'm like, it's not Primo. Cause it's not Primo. Yeah. You don't get gyno, but you know, or like these women, they'll take, oh, John, I'm taking Anivar and all this stuff's happening. I'm only taking five milligrams. Like you're taking D-ball. You're not taking Anivar. <laughs> um, and that's part of the problem too, is because a lot of those, the primo acetate pills used to be phenomenal. Like all those good hardeners that were so clean, a lot of, they have this kind of like this, um, this mysterious legacy. Like, yeah. oh my God, it's so awesome. And now, yeah. so people people play into that these these bad guys do and then they give people stuff that is something but it's not what they think yeah you know yeah no i know okay so we went way off track there i was <laughs> i was trying to just kind of like give people an idea of what to do during corona because i keep seeing these this reoccurring theme from like gym bros that are like just stay on your cycle bro just stay on your cycle and i'm like you know if you're just doing band workouts you don't need to be taking 1000 milligrams of test and like whatever else you're taking and if you're not doing anything, if you're just resting, then it's a waste of time. And I think it's because people think this is going to be like a two week thing. Yeah. And it could be a month. It could be two months. And if you're sitting around just taking gear for no reason for two months, I feel like it's, you know, it's not only that it's a waste of money. You're, it's probably going to do something to your health. You're just taking this it's stuff for dumb. no reason. Yeah. yeah. It's just dumb. Yeah. So, okay. So that covers that area. Uh, the next question I've gotten the most is what do I do with my food? And what I told people originally was just keep eating because it's only going to be a week or two off and you're going to need the recovery time. But now I'm realizing that was bad advice because it's obviously going to be longer than one or two weeks. So where do they well, go? Where do they go with their diets? I think it depends on what their goal was. If their goal was, um, let's say their goal was, uh, their, let's say their goal was to just maintain muscle. Cause that's what I get. How do I keep my muscle? I certainly would not want you in a caloric deficit. You know, you don't have the weight training to stimulate muscle. Yeah. So now then if you add on top of that, the lack of protein synthesis, if you don't have enough protein or enough calories, you're making it much more difficult. So I certainly would, wouldn't tell someone to go down to a caloric deficit. So what can I, I might, 
I'm sorry to interrupt. Can I give you a scenario just so we can give people kind of like a, a clearer picture? Yeah. So let's say we have a 200 pound male and he, his maintenance calories are 3000 calories. Do you suggest he's still, you said you want him in a deficit. So you want him at like 2,800 or you want him at, no, I'm saying I don't want him in a deficit. Oh, you don't want him in a deficit. Okay. So you want him at yeah. 3000 or you still want him in a surplus? I probably, so I would keep his protein pretty high to protect muscle. I don't know that you need a ton of carbs if you're not active. If you're sitting around, I don't know that you need a ton of carbs. Mm. But I will say this. I'm kind of nitpicking too because yeah. the main, the most important thing is, is really their calories. Yeah. Unless you're talking about a dude that's going to eat 30 grams of protein, then that's obviously not a good idea. <laughs> yeah. But as long as their protein is adequate and it's sufficient, you know, if like that guy's 200 pounds, if he's eating 150 grams of protein, I have no problem with that as long as his calories – are still up where they need to be. Now, generally speaking, I'm probably gonna lower somebody's carbs and keep their protein up to try to protect their muscles best I can. But again, I'm nitpicking because carbs spare protein. So really the most important thing is don't let your protein crash and don't take your calories down if your goal is to keep your muscle, if that's the goal. Okay, but there's one thing you, I think one glaring thing you left out, which is something you're an advocate of, which is always keeping your fats up too. Yeah, I never really take those out. Like, it, um, you need to get your healthy fats in. Um, I so, would only take those out in extreme, extreme circumstances. But 99% of the time, I'm pretty much going to leave those in. So if somebody's eating 3,000 calories, you want, let's say, 50% of it to be from protein or 40 at least? Um, I think a good split is probably 40, 30, 30, something like that. Okay. 40, 40 protein, 30 carbs, 30 okay. fat. Okay. That gives people a good idea. So, so you're not, you're not messing with protein and fats as much as you are. You might just dip your carbs a little bit to make sure you're not getting fluffier than you want to be. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So and, go ahead. No. And again, I mean, again, people should realize too, it just, the total the calories where they're at is going to be the biggest deal. Mm. And then you got to look at like what their activity is like. So if they're very busy, if they're a busy person, they're training hard and that person is three at 3000 calories, like you said, now they're going to be sitting around. Mm. Now that 3000 isn't really their maintenance though. It might mm. be 2,800 yeah. because now their neat is lower. They're just sitting around. They're watching Netflix. What's neat for those that don't know what neat is. Um, Non-exercise activity thermogenesis. So that's not when you're doing cardio or weights. It's so just that, what you do like right now. This is neat for us. So your everyday calorie expenditure is your neat. It's not, it's not what uh, is going on internally. That's your basal metabolic rate. That's just okay. kind of the, the phrases to keep the lights on. Yep. Um, it's just the kind of the movement that you have. Day okay. Day. Your daily activities, but not including training or any of that. Correct. Okay. Yes. Okay. I got you. So that'll uh, usually, and that's actually, if you look at it percentage wise, that's actually a bigger part of people's energy expenditure than actual exercise as many of the times. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I mean, it makes sense when you think about it because you're doing it all day. Yeah. Unless you're a pro so, bodybuilder like me, then you're just sitting on the couch and waiting for your next meal. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, okay. So what about, let's cover, we covered food, we covered drugs. What about, and for training, you've got some, I saw on your, on your channel, on your YouTube channel, you have some home workout stuff. You have some band workouts for push pull. Obviously your guys can do that. They can follow those workouts. I think I did, I did a, a shoulder band workout today. That'll be out tomorrow. So there's a lot of stuff out there for home workouts, right? Yeah. And the band workouts that I put up are actually pretty tough. They're, yeah. um, 
it's not jumping jacks and burpees. You know, it's, it's, it's yeah. tough. Um, and when you think about building muscle, if you just, I like to break things down to a very simple level. Mm-hmm. And what we know is, or I, I, never, I don't like to say no, what we think is mm-hmm. that anytime you're between, say, six and 20 reps, there's an opportunity there for you to grow. You could probably make a good case for maybe even up to 30 reps, but let's just yeah. say six to 20. And what we think happens um, is when you're using that six, seven, eight rep range, as long as the weight is pretty heavy, you know, 85% of your one rep max, as long as you're getting close to failure, then you're probably stimulating everything you need to grow. Mm. And if you're getting, if you're using lighter weights than that, like let's say you're down to 65%, 60% of your one rep max, it's lighter. Now you just have to get to failure. Yeah. So if you want lower reps, the heavy weight is going to activate. And it's really simple when you think about it. Yeah. If you have a heavy weight, your muscle has to produce force to lift that weight. Mm-hmm. The heavier the weight is, the more force your muscles have to produce. So you have more muscle fibers engaged to produce yeah. that force. It's very simple. Yeah. But if you take a lighter weight, let's say, I'm just making this up. Yeah. 50% of your muscle fibers have to produce force to lift that weight. Yeah. So now to get all those other fibers, you've got to get those fibers tired mm-hmm. so that the other fibers go, man, I got to pick up the slack. And I, got to, I got to jump in and help. So just so people understand, you mean, let's say I bench press 400 pounds for six reps. If I'm using 400 pounds, my body has to recruit 100% of my pec muscles to bench that 400 pounds probably for the last four of those six reps. The sound, yeah. is that yeah, right? We'll go, okay. with that. we'll go with that. Right. Yeah. Yeah. If I'm benching 225, now my body's not going to recruit 60, 70, 80, 90, hundred percent of the muscle until I get to 10 or 15 reps. And then it's going to start working. Yes. Okay. Yes. Then you're going to start taxing those other fibers. Okay. So, and the reason why I brought that up is because with a band, as long as you're making, as long as you're following those principles, as long as you're recruiting that hundred percent, Yes. Yeah. Exactly. So, so when people say hypertrophy is greatest between eight and 12 reps, it's a good number to go by, but it's not exactly true because really it's just about recruiting the most fibers possible. That's right. So you can, you could, like I did that shoulder band workout today. It was actually hard. Like it's not easy doing band work if you're doing it properly. It's not. It's not. And I would say, you know, I've got this, this thing I say now activate activate the fibers Mm. and then load the fibers. It has to be sufficient tension and then Mm. exhaust the fibers. Mm -hmm. And what the situation you just described with the reps does that it it gives you maximum activation. You're loading the muscles. Now um, you could have people do plyometrics and they can just jump up in the air and that produces, that actually produces a ton of activation, but there's no mechanical loading. So you can do all the jumps you want, but you're not going to get 30 inch legs doing jumps. Okay. Wait, so can I, I just want to ask a question about that. Just so anybody listening, because I have these questions and I'm sure other people do too. So let's take that example. If I'm jumping 50 times and my quads are now sore, did I not tax hundred percent of the muscle or it doesn't matter because it wasn't a load put on them. I just fatigued them. Yeah, it, uh, honestly, in that case, it was probably the uh, when you landed the center, the isometric 
hold uh, at the, the bottom part. and springing back up. Yeah. Yeah. Cause, well, cause what happens if you look at this, at the kind of the basic level is um, the high velocity stuff, which mm -hmm. is a jump is yeah. that's high velocity. Yeah. I love doing that for athletes. It teaches them to produce force fast. Okay. And for an athlete, that's what they need. They need to very rapidly produce a lot of force, change direction, explode. Yeah. But what happens with this real high velocity stuff is at the at a at the you know more detailed level, these muscle fibers um, have to produce force. And the way they do it is you have these things, these actin, myosin filaments that kind of they they cross bridge, they hook together, and the fibers can produce a lot of force. Okay. So when you have this high velocity stuff, the fibers they don't have that cross bridge. It allows them to produce force. I'm just trying to make this as simple as I can. Okay. That tension then is gone. So okay. even though you're doing high velocity stuff, yeah, the tension is gone. Okay. So you can't grow really. So that's um, why. So that's why we always say you got to lift heavy to get big. You. That's that's right. So okay. you've got to have that. Those actin myosin filaments have to. The the the. There's a there's a. They lock in. They produce force. Is the simplest way to put it. Okay. Okay. And that's mechanical tension. And okay. when that happens, and then you get, you know, then you have these changes that create growth in the, the muscle fiber itself. Okay. So this all makes sense to me now. So basically you don't have to lift really heavy to put muscle on. You have to, you have to fatigue the muscle uh, yes. under, under load. But yes. um, when we say uh, you have to lift really heavy to get big, we're saying optimally. So if you want to do it faster. The heavier you lift, the probably the faster you're going to grow. Is that a fair statement? If it's if it's as oh. as long as the form is good, um, yeah. I mean, well, that goes with that goes without saying. We're not, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, I mean, as long as form is good and you can lift more weight and still get your reps, then absolutely do it. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Um, okay. So we got band work. We got the gear. We got the food. Uh, water intake is going to stay normal. Um, what about supplementation? Is it worth like people have been messaging me because they, a lot of people bought, uh, pre-workouts and stuff on their pre-orders from our company. And, um, they're like, well, can I, is it still worth taking it for a home workout? And I've been telling them to take half a scoop because I don't know if you need a full scoop kind of thing. And today actually I did a little video on, uh, different proteins that you can use. And I used your protein as one of the, uh, examples as a protein to buy because it's a blend. So can you touch on protein powders and which ones you would go with if you had to replace a meal with the protein powder? Yeah. So if you go to the grocery store and they're all sold out of eggs and chicken, like they are here at a lot of grocery stores, then protein powder is a great substitute. Now I, if it's to replace a meal, mm. I prefer the blend. Yeah. I love the, I love the fact that the casein, it just slows things down. Um, uh, obviously, I love whey. The, the branch chain amino, um, the, the BCAs in it are obviously very good. All the EAs are in it. The casein can slow things down. So I, I really like that combination a lot mm. to replace a meal. If you're yeah. looking at um, maybe before or after you trained, then maybe you want something just like the way I slip before you train so it's not so heavy in you. Okay. Or maybe after you train, if you don't really want a meal, you just want to have a little drink and chill out before you eat a meal later, then I think an isolate's good, nice and clean. Mm -hmm. Or even a whey concentrate. Like I tell people, there's not a cow that produces whey concentrate and then another cow that produces whey isolate. It's the same thing. <laughs> it's not the same thing though, is it? You, you think it's okay to take whey from concentrate? Isn't that kind of like 
Isn't it kind of like orange juice from concentrate? Well, that's different. Um, orange Why? juice from concentrate and orange juice, pure orange juice is different. So the difference between whey concentrate and whey isolate, it's just that the isolate goes through and some addition, it all gets processed. Like yeah. you're not, you know, so the difference is they're just running it through a little bit of extra processing to remove some lactose and a little bit of fat. That's literally the only difference. But doesn't that little difference make it more absorbable and easily, more easily digestible? Um, if you have a lactose intolerance, yes. Okay. Um, in terms of more absorbable, that's debatable. So if yeah, probably a little bit because there's a probably a little bit, but yeah. the other thing is, is with the way concentrate has the subfractions in it, the, the, what does um, that mean? It's the things for your immune system, like okay. lact, like beta albumin, lactalbumin, all this stuff. Um, yeah. Lactoferrin, those sub, those protein subfractions are really good for your immune system. Okay. So I think I personally think that whey concentrate and whey isolate are both very good proteins. I okay. Think, I think they're both very good proteins. I think what happens, what's happened a lot, is protein companies companies that make protein have thrown in a bunch of crap and it's made yeah. people sick Yeah. or they've spiked it, you know? So let's say they claim 20 grams of protein, Yeah. but then you look at it and 18 grams of it are from two of the, two of the aminos that are the, the weak, cheapest, the weakest aminos. Yeah. 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 Maybe they put 18 grams of glycine and something else in there instead of the BCAs and all that. Yeah. And that happened a lot. And I mean, there's some big, big companies out there that got called for that. Of course, they're still in business. Sure. Um, but I think if you get a real well-made concentrate and a real well-made isolate, I think you're good. I think they're both okay. very good. Same thing with casein. I think casein's a very good protein. I didn't know that. I th I always see you're always teaching me. I'm 20 years in. I'm still I'm still learning. I always thought my impression of whey concentrate was always that it's like orange juice from concentrate, meaning it's like half protein and half filler. And not a full, not the full spectrum of a real protein, like a way, like a way isolate would be. Nope. Same stuff. <laughs> God damn. I've been telling people over the wrong information all this time. <laughs> no, man, it's the same uh, stuff. Um, okay, in what? fact, some of the way isolates are jam full of crap too. Well, yeah, and I know. I have a hard time with way isolate and I don't drink it and go, well, way isolate's terrible. It's yeah. just, okay, I don't know what they're doing with this protein, but it's really bloating me and upsetting my stomach. That always to me was the main trigger. If I bought a tub, because, you know, when you're starting out, you don't know as much as you should, or even if you're not starting out, apparently. But uh, the trigger for me was always if I drank a protein powder and it made me, you know, bloated and farting a lot and whatever, that wasn't the one. I was like, there's something wrong with this. It's not pure. It's not whatever it is. I need to, I need to buy something else. So that was always the main uh, way I measured it. Yeah, but uh, now I figure out it's all the same. So, what about other supplements like your vitamins, your minerals, your pre-workouts, your creatine? If you're taking creatine, like all this other stuff, is that is that necessary at this time, or guys can kind of guys kind of ease back on all that? Um, I, you know, it comes back really to their training intensity. Mm -hmm. Um, but just generally speaking, yeah, uh, like for me, I'm not going to take any pre-workouts right now. I'm going to use it as a time to kind of just get away from it. Yeah. And then when I come back to it, it's going to work really well. Yeah. So I'm kind of using this as a time to really not use any kind of, in fact, the only thing I'm doing is I'm just drinking a little bit of aminos yeah. um, while I train. That's it. I'm, I'm yeah. not even using my recovery stuff because I'm not beating myself up to quite the level that I'm used to. And yeah. 
when we talk about the interest stuff, I've always said the harder you train, the more value you get out of it. Yeah. But I've never once said everybody should be using it. It depends no. on how you train. Yeah. So um, I'm just, I'm sticking with my fish oil, my protein powder, my joint stuff for my joints. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. I'm still using that. Okay. And then the basic health stuff, but the performance stuff, I'm kind of just like, yeah, I'm just going to back off. Exactly, that. Yeah. Yeah. You know what? I didn't think of it. That's a really good point. Actually. It kind of gives you a chance to like rest your adrenals from all the stimulants and all the kind of give your body a break and get some of that sensitivity back. Cause a lot of people are caffeine, you know, resistant at this point, they take so much of it. So I noticed when I noticed just taking a week off caffeine, I was hypersensitive to it when I got back. Oh yeah. So oh, maybe yeah. that, maybe that'll be a good thing for people to kind of just take a break for a little while from that. Yeah, I mean, caffeine, um, your body habituates to it very easily. Mm-hmm. And this is why the cheap pre-workouts that, you know, they, well, we get 30 servings out of this. No, you don't, because you end up having to take two scoops, three scoops. You're actually only getting 10 or 15 servings out of this. Well, or, they, caffeine. or they get 30 servings, but the serving scoop is like seven grams. And it's yeah. like five and five grams of its caffeine. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You know, I found uh, aside, you know, my, on my own personal no, uh, apologize to the viewers. I found that launching the supplement company, I'm extremely happy with the formulas we launched, but I found the hardest thing. And I don't know if you've noticed this, because I know your formulas are really good as well. It's very hard to educate people on the difference between the products because for sure, for a lot of people, I feel like a pre-workout is a pre-workout and they don't really understand right. the small intricacies of, you know, the ingredients or the doses or, or why this one has 50 servings and why this one is, you know, sometimes they'll put half a scoop and a full scoop and then they generate and they, they put the serving size based on the half scoop. So it's really, you know what I mean? I just, there's all these little, little things that you really have to elaborate on to people. And yep. I never anticipated it. I never, especially with pre-workouts, you know, I, I used to get all the, well, I take C4, you know, it's only $29. I'm like, well, there's nothing in it. <laughs> well, you can basically just drink a big cup of coffee and get the same yeah. thing. Yeah. Um, <laughs> You know, it's interesting because um, it has turned into such a marketing game, you know, yeah. the, the prettiest labels. And you said it too, the way you can kind of manipulate somebody's brain. Um, for instance, teacrine, right? Mm. So teacrine, let's say you're using the 40%. So, so if you use 100 milligrams, you're going to have 40 milligrams of active teacrine. Now, yep. you and I know that. So I'll see a company that says 250 milligrams of teacrine and everybody's yeah. like, these guys have double what you have, John. <laughs> but don't wait a minute. Don't, I think I have that on my label, <laughs> but, well, I think, but I think it says 40% yield or something like right. that. Yeah. But they won't, they won't say that though. There's, yeah, yeah. there's one company in particular I'm thinking about. Um, they didn't say that. So yeah. I'm like, Hey, there's a problem with this label, but this is in vitamin shop. Like how did you guys get vitamin shops pretty tough on their labels? Yeah. And, but I had someone go, well, John, I was one. I, I know you love tea cream, but these guys have double what you have. You said you had 100, 100 milligrams and these guys have 250. I'm yeah. like, multiply that times 0.4 and see what yeah, you get. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so yeah, it is a little bit of a labeling game. It's a marketing game. It's, you know, can I get 25 athletes to say my products are good? I mean, mm. that's just the nature of the beast is what it is right now. I didn't, I, I should have taken, there was some advice sent my way when we were starting, uh, like somebody had mentioned, Hey, you guys should do half a scoop. Not because they were trying to trick anybody. 
they actually just said, look, there's a lot of, there's pretty high doses of everything in here yeah. and, and not everybody is going to need this level. So you, yeah. you should put half a scoop, full scoop yep. and, and put 40 servings. Yep. And I was like, no, that's not the way we designed it. We designed it so people could take a full scoop. And now I look at it and I'm like, you know what? It would have been a good idea, not because it would have said 40 servings, but because they're kind of right. Like you might only need half a scoop if you, you know what I mean? If you're not 250 yeah. pounds, you don't necessarily need. I, you know? I got that exact question today from a customer. Yeah. He asked me, the, the question was, why do you only have 20 servings in your pre-workout? I just answered this question three hours ago. <laughs> and I said, well, because we're using ingredients at a, a clinical dose, like it's a big dose. That's right. That's right. I said, if it makes you feel any better, if you just take half of a scoop, you're probably still going to be better than 95% of the products out there. That's what I realized. So you yeah. really, and I, I literally just got that question a couple hours ago from a guy. Yeah. Um, yeah. I can see both sides of that because I was, when I started, I was on your side. I was like, no, it's a full serving 20. It is. But then it's like, wait a minute, this is so, this is pretty good. So some people could probably benefit quite a bit. From yeah, but, yeah. But my thing was, I wasn't looking at it like that. I thought they were trying to play a trickery game. Oh, yeah. when they gave me this suggestion, I thought they meant if you put half, you can put 40 on the label and it will look like you have a lot of servings. And I was like, I don't want to play that game. I want to yeah. put what it is. But then and at this point now, I see your point, which is even at half, we're still higher than the majority. Yeah. And yeah. in that regard, it makes sense. So yeah. maybe on the next label, we'll see. We're going to have to discuss it. I still don't – something about it still doesn't feel right, <laughs> right to me. I'm not going to take half myself because I yeah. feel like this is dosed perfect at one scoop. Well, that's how I feel. I'm like, okay, if, if, if it says, you know, to get a crazy pump, whatever, whatever the clinical terminology is, you need 6,000 milligrams of this, then I'm not going to tell people to take three. It just doesn't make sense. Yeah. You know what I mean? So anyway, yeah. so let's get off that. I don't want people to think we're doing an infomercial. I just wanted to touch on, <laughs> what, touch on what they should be taking. Um, okay. The last thing I want to do before I let you go, because I told you I wouldn't, want, I wouldn't keep you on long, is I just want to go over my diet really quickly because I have some questions. And I thought it would give people to see a chance kind of what you have me doing yeah. uh, to help shrink my waist and lose some weight. So I'm going to cool. bring, I'm going to bring this up. Okay. Can you see my screen? I can. Boy, that looks pretty. Yeah. Who's this, who designed this program? This I is don't like, know. That looks pretty. This is so, I can't believe, I don't know coaches do this kind of thing. It's usually just like a, a word document. <laughs> word. Uh, yeah. Okay. So let me just put you here so I can see what I'm doing. Okay. So these are non-training days and mm -hmm. these are training days. So I have five training days a week. So let's focus on this. So this meal is, oh wait, this isn't, this is the first one. So let's go to the current one. This is the current one. These are my training days. This is five or six. Yeah. This meal is tiny, by the way. I just want to let you know yeah. I'm starving. <laughs> <laughs> I figured the first first meal would you'd be pretty hungry. Yeah, I'm still hungry as we speak. But you know what? Yeah. It's okay. And actually, today I forgot to put this quarter cup of cream of rice in. I just, oh yeah. And I forgot. I forgot all of this. I just did. What the hell, man? Oh, you know why? It's because I switched. I like doing the. Where is that? Did you get rid of the sourdough bread? I did. Oh, I'm still stuck on the sourdough bread. I haven't been having this cream of rice. I've been having the sourdough. 
Well, it's it's um. Let's see, the sourdough was. Pr- it's about the same ballpark macro wise. It's close. Do you mind if I keep the sourdough? I don't care. It's close. So yeah. let's go back one because I want people to see because that was one of the questions I wanted people to. It's down. If you scroll down, it's in meal right four. It's right here. Yeah. Okay. So yeah. I put this sourdough here, and I put the yeah. cream of rice here. That's fine. So okay. So let's start with meal one. You have a Greek yogurt. This is a uh, uh, gluten free uh, granola. A scoop away and cream of rice. So yeah. the cream of rice you just added, I was just doing these three things, which is extremely tiny for a meal. Yes, for sure. Uh, but it has all the macros. I mean, you still have, you know, 50 grams of protein, you know, you still have, you can still, it's still calorie dense enough. Um, yeah. Okay. Explain why the Greek yogurt. So if you, so first of all, people need to understand that you're trying to lose weight and be in a caloric deficit, number one. Mm-hmm. Number two is you've had, um, you, people have to understand your history. And you've had some issues with bloating and things like that and some inflammation in your, in your gut. So the reason why I put the Greek yogurt in there, and notice it doesn't say flavored, I put the Greek yogurt in there, the plain Greek yogurt, to provide some probiotics to feed the good the good bacteria or to provide good bacteria for your stomach. Okay. So providing some good bacteria for your stomach, I think, is a really good thing for your case. Mm-hmm. Then I just put in like a little granola. That's honestly, that's more just to flavor it. Okay. Honestly, um, w- w- without this granola, I couldn't eat this Greek yogurt. I couldn't either. That's why <laughs> okay. I use that. Or um, I have to have, just you have to have something realistically to flavor it. I don't expect anybody to eat it by itself. Planted. I'd rather I'd rather just put berry. You know that we get the berries and throw some Blue, berries. Uh, blueberries and raspberries yeah. are awesome in it. That's what I do. I usually yeah. mix up a bunch of blueberries. Okay. Um, and so that's what I was thinking. There was I need I need to get something to uh, provide some probiotics in your stomach. Um, and that's really it. That's in the meal. I didn't want you to wake up, have a meal, and then all of a sudden be real full and bloated. I want your waist to feel, I don't ever want you to feel like bloated. I want the meals after you eat them for you to feel nice and tight. Okay. I want to, I want to tell you something. Nothing in this diet makes me feel bloated. And actually, to be honest with you, I like the feeling of being hungry because I feel like my waist is getting smaller. It will for sure too. Okay. So that's one thing. So uh, that's the Greek yogurt. And I had a feeling that's why you did it. Cause I know Greek yogurt has the probiotics, the, the granola. I didn't know why, but now I understand it's for flavor. Yep. One of the questions I wanted to ask you is I feel like the inflammation. And for those of you who don't know, I had some testing done and they told me we're not just sitting here guessing that I have inflammation. Like the doctor told me there's a lot of inflammation in my uh, gut lining. So I wanted to ask you, John, do you think all the sweeteners could be really affecting the inflammation. Because if you look at my diet, I have the sweetener in the way, um, the, the sweeteners in the way, whatever they use to sweeten it. And then I have, I always put sweetener in my cream of rice. And I have, you know, I have cream of rice here, cream of rice here. And then I have sweetener in my pre-workout and my intra-workout. You know what I mean? So I feel yeah. like, do you think we should try and change some of these to eliminate the sweeteners or do you think it's okay as far as inflammation goes? Um, it can definitely be a problem. And that's one of the reasons why I only put basically one scoop there. Can we switch this um, for like, can I do like uh, one cup of egg whites instead? Cause it's about the same. Yeah. Or, or is that more? The, egg whites, that, the only thing about egg whites is a lot of people develop sensitivity to egg whites too. Like that's yeah. actually number one on what people develop sensitivity to. Okay. Um, I put, 
I put one scoop of protein powder there for two reasons. Number one, I wanted it something light that didn't blow chew, and I figured oh, one one scoop isn't going to hurt no, you. It's been okay. Um, and actually, what I wanted you to do, and this is my fault for not explaining it to you, I actually wanted you to mix it in that cream of rice to give it the flavor. I mix it in with the Greek yogurt. Okay, well that works too. But now Does you got work? your cream of rice is plain. Oh, so um, you wanted me to mix it with my cream of rice so I didn't have to add sweetener. Yes. Oh, uh, okay. I can do that. That's fine. Because yes. if I can, if I can use berries in this Greek yogurt, then I don't need to put the protein powder in it. That's right. Yeah. So I can put the protein powder with the cream of rice, and I don't have to use the uh, sweetener. Yes, that's correct. Okay. So then moving down here, can you? I found this very interesting. We talked about it a long time ago. Why? Why does it say scrambled? Can I not do them sunny side up or? Well, you know what? It can be. <laughs> I prefer you actually rotate them, and actually. Actually, over easy is probably the best. If you scramble it, there is a risk of oxidizing the cholesterol. So, can you can, you can you explain? I know I honestly don't want to keep you forever, but this is a very this was very interesting to me when you taught it to me a long time ago. Can you explain to people what the difference is when the in the cooking of eggs? Well, I mean, basically, first of all, you got to think about what you cook it in, and I have a little bit of butter down there for you to cook the eggs in because. Oh, is that what that's for? Yeah. Okay. okay. I've, been, I've been putting it on my toast. <laughs> it's good on toast too. Okay. 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 <laughs> um, you have to be careful about what you cook your food in because when you talk about inflammation, so if you use like corn oils and soybean oils and all these cheap oils, they are polyunsaturated fats. So mm -hmm. as soon as they get exposed to high heat, they oxidize. They basically turn into free radicals in your body. Mm -hmm. butter is heavily saturated um, and it stands up to heat. So yeah. you're not putting all these free radicals in your body. Um, it's so it's a healthier choice. Okay. okay. Um, many times I'll have coconut oil in there as well. For whatever yeah. reason, I had butter on that. It could be butter. It could be coconut oil. Coconut oil is a little different. It's a medium chain triglyceride. And you still don't want to use a real high heat on that. Everything you could use if you wanted is you could use um, macadamia nut oil. You could use, mm -hmm. But I feel like uh, I feel like coconut oil. I feel like it never burns up. When I use when I cook with coconut oil, I feel like it just never. You know how if you cook with olive oil, it dries yeah. up, like it, it evaporates. It absolutely will for sure. Yeah. Yeah, I don't feel like I get that with coconut oil at all. I feel like it's always like viscous. There's always there. You know what I mean? Yeah, as so, long as you keep the heat low. Yeah. It um it's pretty good. The other oil um that's really nice too is avocado oil. Yeah. I have that. I'm not um, sure. I'm not huge on the flavor, but I have some of that. Yeah, I've, I've actually been cooking my eggs in avocado oil lately. I kind of rotate. Sometimes I'll do coconut oil. Sometimes I'll do butter. Sometimes I do avocado oil. Um, but really on this one, I just wanted kind of a small meal to give you to – the last thing I want is you hungry while you're training. No, can I can – I, I'm sorry. I, I know that's uh, your thing, but can I tell you something? Yeah. So I've been doing – so like I said, this sourdough here, I moved here. So I've been doing the butter on the sourdough and then the three. So I make a sandwich out of it. Yeah. And uh, perfect. it just, it goes down. I feel like I didn't perfect. even eat. I feel like I didn't even eat and I go train. I'm never bloated when I train. And I always tell people the smallest meal of your day should be your pre-workout meal. Yeah. And I absolutely love the fact that this small, this meal is tiny. 
It's okay, like okay. So I'm going to remind you of something. Do you remember when we talked and I told you I was eating two scrambled eggs and two pieces of toast? <laughs> yeah, yeah. And you were like, "I don't understand how you do that. I need six <laughs> eggs. I need a cup of oatmeal." Yeah. <laughs> I told you you'd feel good with that small meal, didn't I? But wait a minute. This is my second meal. I I, I still like to have a big breakfast, but what's superseding for people that don't know my history what's superseding all of the nutritional or the traditional nutritional guidelines is we are trying to shrink my stomach uh, because i don't want to put on any more muscle i just want to maintain the muscle i have and shrink my stomach so that the overall illusion is better so that's why we're doing smaller meals for those of you who don't know my past yeah. Um, but this is an, an awesome meal. But the question we I had originally was, I remember you telling me that there was a difference in the way your body processes the eggs between scrambled, sunny side up, uh, boil, uh, hard boiled, and all that. It doesn't really. You still absorb all the protein. It's just if you eat them the same way over and over and over, sometimes you can develop a, a sensitivity to eggs. Okay. But okay. if you're rotating the way you make them. Um, just changing the way you cook it will generally prevent that from happening. Okay. Um, if you were to say what is kind of the perfect way to do it, it would probably be over easy. Like that's the least okay. risky way to do it. Okay. And then here we have 10 grams of amino, 50 grams of clustered dextrin. Uh, I've been doing two scoops of our intra workout because it's 16 grams of aminos in two scoops, but it adds up to about 50 grams of carbs. So I figured it was okay. Yep. Yep. Um, this meal is awesome. I'm always starving when I get home from the gym, obviously, because these meals are small yeah. and, and my workouts have been very, very high rep lately. Yeah. Um, this meal is amazing. It goes for some reason, I'm not bloated at all, even those two cups of rice. Uh, and then we get down here and well, if we switch to back to the current diet, we get down to meal four and there's no more carbs for the rest of the night. <laughs> and that was, um, that was a hard push to get you leaner. That's right. That's right. And I'm yeah. okay. And I'm okay with it. This, uh, I switched out for those of you who don't know, I switched out his carbs with, well, the we'll, go, we'll go, we'll go back. So this was, this was meal four, uh, yesterday or before you, before the change, this was meal four, but I was doing this half a cup of cream of rice down here instead of the sourdough. Yeah. So I had, uh, 72 grams of carbs down here in this meal, which was yep. sa satiating. Yep. Um, and then now you've switched it to, uh, olive oil, chicken breast. Oh no, that's meal six. Sorry. You switched it to the same thing, but you put in one cup of egg whites instead. Yeah. Which, yeah, I, the sorry, go ahead. Explain why. The reason why I put in those egg whites was for volume, because yeah. if you cook a cup of egg whites, it produces a high volume of food. And I thought you could make a nice little omelet with the chicken and spinach in it's it exactly, and cook it in the butter. It's exactly what I did. Yeah. Um, yeah, don't you remember the egg white diet we did? It was just all egg whites and ketchup. I will never forget that ever. <laughs> <laughs> that was all for volume. I was eating, for those of you who don't know, I was eating like 16 egg whites uh, probably three or four times a day. Oh, yeah. But Easy. I think but I think it was just so I could have the ketchup because John let me put ketchup on them. <laughs> so <Yeah. laughs> I was so hungry for sugar. I was doing like 16 egg whites four times a day just – covering it in ketchup it was just okay so yeah this meal is good now with the egg whites it kind of makes you a little bit like it holds me over pretty good yeah and then down here uh this is also you know i love when you add eggs it makes everything kind of last longer that that's the goal with those scrambled eggs too yeah 
Yeah. yeah it makes And it then makes, I wanted some extra calories. If you notice, I put the avocado in there too. I just wanted some fat in your diet there. So I'll tell you something. So for people who are listening, you're trying to do substitutions because of what's going on at the grocery store. Uh, last week I didn't have any avocados because I couldn't get to the grocery store. The lines were too long. I'm like, I'm not going. Um, so I finally got some this week, but last week I switched this fat out for like olive oil. I'm like, I got to get a fat in. I'm just going to put olive oil. And what I've noticed was the fiber content in the avocado is what's so great about it. And potassium. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I just mean because it, it makes it feel like I'm fuller for longer. Yes, for sure. So, uh, that's a really good addition. And this is just makes a really good salad. So, mm-hmm. um, and then down here, same thing. I make a salad out of this and I usually throw some olive oil in there. Yep. And then I have the chicken breast at the end. So yeah. it's a little more chicken than I would like, but I mean, so far it's been working. I woke up this morning and my stomach felt, you know, better than it's felt in a long time. Good. So, and then down here we have my totals. So I'm doing 300 grams of protein, 317 grams of protein, 255 grams of carbs and 135 grams of fat. So we're still pretty good in the carb department. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And even though you dropped all these carbs, we're still at 250. I mean, that's, that's not low. Yeah. That's not bad. Huh. It's, but it's a big drop. If you go back to the sheet before, it was a lot more than that. <laughs> it's a 200 gram drop. Yeah. It's funny though, when you add the eggs in, I'm really not like that hungry. Yeah. Like this, this sheet here with the egg whites, uh, the egg whites down here. And then the scrambled eggs. I mean, it really does help uh, keep everything in order. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, okay. So we'll stop that. And then, sorry, just real quickly. Oops. Uh, really quickly on the day off. What's different here? Where's our macros? So. You just lowered the carbs here a little bit? A little bit. Yeah, just because you're not quite as active. You're not in the gym. Okay, but everything else is pretty much the same, right? Should be pretty close, yeah. 305 and 305. Wait a minute. Oh, no, the carbs are the same on the sheet. 211, 211, just the fats are a little bit lower. Yeah. Okay. But you rearrange. That day was already a lower calorie day, so I didn't feel like, you know. Well, you rearranged some of the meals, too. I see that there's, like, Greek yogurt down here. Yeah. For meal meal six and stuff like that. Some coconut oil here. Yeah. Okay. Uh, okay. So we'll stop that. Um, so what do you think? How long do you think it, do you think, do you think one cheat meal a week? I mean, my cheat meals aren't, are, are pretty bad. They're not like small cheat meals, but do you think one cheat meal a week on a Saturday night is going to stop our progress from shrinking my stomach? It depends on if it's a cheat meal or if it's sitting at the buffet for three hours. <laughs> what if it's order ordering the buffet to my house second <laughs> okay it's not it's in between it's not like yeah it's not like a burger and fries yeah but it's not like a four-hour buffet session it's yeah. like in between but, ba- but basically in all seriousness my question is for those people out there who are like me you're trying to shrink their waist or anything like that does one meal really affect that what we're trying to do that much if no. it's bad if it's bad no not so, unless you're eating a, a two buckets of kentucky fried chicken or if you're just eating two large pizzas that's bad so if the you're, problem a lot of people have is they take their cheat meal early in the day and it messes up their whole day that's why i prefer to have a cheat meal at the end of the day so then you yeah. just go to bed yep and then the other problem is some people mentally just can't stop once they get a little bit 
Um, so is that's when you got to kind of look at the personality of the person mm-hmm. and understand if they're disciplined. But I think you can head off a lot of it by just making sure it's a last meal of the day. That's hundred percent. I 100% agree because I always like me and my wife watch a lot of UFC events and they always start around 10 o'clock at night. So I'll order some pizza or whatever, you know, five guys or whatever. And I'll, that, that's when I'll have it at like 10 o'clock. And yeah. by the time the fights are done, I'm too tired to eat anymore anyway. So yes. I just go to bed and that's it. And the next morning I wake up and I feel like it's a new day and I can start over. Yep. But if I start with pancakes for breakfast, then the rest, <laughs> the, it's rest on. <laughs> the rest of the day is just a mess. So, yeah. Yep. Um, before you go, how are you guys doing out there in Ohio? Are you okay? Yeah. Yeah. Pretty good, man. I mean, it's just, um, I mean, I think all over the world, we're all in the same thing. We're on the lockdown. We're not supposed to really go anywhere unless it's the grocery store to get some, um, you know, something from the pharmacy or something like that. So it's, um, it's okay, man. Um, I just got done playing basketball with the kids for you and I got on the line here and, yeah. Uh, yesterday we played football for a while. So, I mean, we're just trying to make the best of it, do the best we can. Well, I mean, you're, you homeschool your kids anyway, right? Well, we used to, this is the first year we Uh, put them back in school. And now you're homeschooling them again. Yes. (laughs) Yes. That's so weird, but at least you're used to it and it's not a, not an issue for you because you've done it before. Yeah. So that's a good thing. they're They're doing really good, man. I'm really proud because Actually, yesterday they got their end of their third quarter grades, yeah. and Alexander was all A pluses and maybe one A, mm-hmm. and Jonathan only had one B. So they're doing really good. When when we were homeschooling them, I think we really prepared them well. Which one is the Rubik's Cube genius? Alexander. Alexander. That's right. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So do you, yeah. are you? Is he working on any new talents while he's home doing nothing? Well, he's back on his yo-yo again. Um, I don't know if you've seen him yo-yo, but he's really good I've at seen, that. I've seen some of them in your videos, yeah. He's really good at that. There's a guy named Gentry Stein who is yeah. – Gentry is the number one yo-yo guy in the world. Yeah. And when Alexander gets, like, good grades on his grade card or he does something really good, I'll get him a, I'll get him a coaching session with Gentry. Oh, really? Yeah. So this guy, this guy does online coaching? Yeah, for yo-yos. He's really good. Wow, that's crazy. Yeah, his name is Gentry Stein. And – um, but – he's really good. So he's teaching Alexander all this stuff and he's, and he sends me messages and he's like, I can't believe how fast he learns. Like he's really amazing at this stuff. That's great. So I feel kind of bad because I feel like I have Alexander doing all this stuff and people don't even know I have another kid, Jonathan. (laughs) (laughs) It makes me feel bad. But But Jonathan's like, he's now he's the athletic one. So like, you know, when I'm doing the Instagram stories of of the workouts and everything that's see, that's always Jonathan. Oh, I didn't know that. I thought it was the same, the same one. I thought, I thought that was Alexander also. Those are all Jonathan. Oh, that's okay. Then they have their own talents. Yeah. One's, one's like, uh, you know, doing the yo-yo Rubik's Cube and the other one's a football bruiser. There's nothing wrong with that. Yeah. It's, 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 um, I'm trying to think of how I can work Jonathan into my YouTube videos though. Do so. you know what you should do? And I was going to do this with my nephews because they're younger than I am. Uh, just do challenges like, like athletic. Cause I, cause I was watching Brian Shaw's channel. And Brian does these challenges with his wife where they do like obstacle courses or whatever, push up challenges or whatever. Right. Okay. Okay. And I was like, what a great idea. I got like a couple, you know, a few nephews that are like 13, 14, 15. 
And I thought, okay, I'd take them on in a challenge and then people could laugh at me because they'll be probably more athletic. But, uh, but that's what I would do with them. Take them to the gym and do some like obstacle course stuff with them. Yeah. Oh, I mean, Jonathan's good, man. He, well, how old he is can, he? They're both 11. So. so it would be great for people to see an 11 year old kick your butt. <laughs> He's, he can do some crazy stuff, man. He does um, box jumps and yeah. he can jump like the box will be like midway up to his chest and he can yeah. jump up on there. That's a challenge right there. It's pretty amazing. I, you know how many people would click to watch you do box jumps? <laughs> well, I, I, I'm pretty good at vertical leaps, man. Are you? So you got. I am. I, got... I've put it. I, I, I'll have to tag you in some videos. I've actually okay. done a lot of vertical <laughs> okay. leaps. I got to see that. <laughs> I like the. Um, I'm going to shock you. If okay. you, I'll, I'll tag you on it. But if you scroll way down my Instagram, you'll see some vertical leaps I'm done. Okay. Um, I'm doing with a. I'm doing with a pro football player I was coaching at the time. I think I've actually remember seeing one, but it'd still be a good challenge. See, see how many you yeah. could do, how many you could do in a row or yeah. something like that. You know what I mean? I don't know. Well, I want to get back to in the summer, back to doing a lot more of that athletic stuff. Cause I really enjoy it. It's really yeah. fun. Being able still, to move and just feel good. And like I was still, out there playing basketball today and I just feel so tight and weird. And I'm shocked that after 30 plus years of lifting and lifting all the heavy weight that you still can move like that. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we go out and we play football full speed, um, with the kids and we play basketball full speed. Um, so it, yeah, I mean, I couldn't have done that six, seven years ago. I just weighed too much, Yeah. but I feel lighter and I feel much more athletic and agile now. And I'm sure you can relate to this too. You get to a certain point where everything just burns. Like if you just sit on the phone, your arm will start burning. And <laughs> I mean, I'm always on speaker. If I'm, if I'm talking to you, it's probably yeah. speaker. Cause I don't want to hold the phone like this for yeah. 20 minutes. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, that's good though. It sounds like you're getting a lot of good family time and you guys are getting through it. So it's positive. It's all good stuff. Yeah. Yeah. I think so. Um, okay, John, I don't want to keep, I've already kept you longer than we, we spoke about, but I appreciate you taking the time because everybody's got a lot of questions and we went over my diet for people to see what I'm doing. So, uh, I appreciate the time, man. Thank you very much. Hey, my pleasure. Anytime. Okay. Let's do it again soon. All right. Okay, John. Bye-bye.